We're calling this series Rhythms of a God-Centered Family. If you haven't listened to part one, I invite you to go back and listen to that. But Melanie, can you just kind of give us a little review of what we've covered so far? Sure. Um, We kind of started out the conversation looking at some qualities of families that Scott noticed in church um, that were doing things well in terms of raising up mm-hmm. um, you know, future generations for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And those included praying together, um, eating together, sharing meals together. Mm-hmm. And we even covered the awkwardness that comes sometimes mm-hmm. at the dinner table. And um, this this was kind of interesting to me too. One the, the final thing was Scott talked about kids that are comfortable in conversations with adults. Yeah. Kiddos that could jump in and participate in conversations with grownups. Yeah, that was eye-opening to me. So again, if you have not listened to part one, we invite you to go back. Otherwise, jump in and let's hear some more wisdom that Scott has to share in part two of the series. Welcome back to Parenting to Impress, your go-to podcast to learn practical ways to love God and love others and impress this on the hearts of your children. I am your host, Heidi Franz, and I am joined by my dear friend, Melanie Simpson, two moms who have made a lot of mistakes, but have found grace and truth along the way. Okay, so Scott, you've shared about praying, eating together, making it a priority, um, teaching your kids how to converse with um, adults. What are the biggest issues that you're seeing that teens are facing right now? Yeah, big question. Yeah, let's just, let's maybe just like host an entire conference for that, shall we? I have have different thoughts um, for my students and for all students. Okay. Um, and tell me the difference. Why Why do you feel like there's a difference for your youth group versus maybe the average United States oh, team? Well, I think the difference is just have they heard the gospel and do they do they live in and around the good news of Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. and I'm not saying all the kids in our youth group or at our church are perfect by any means, and right. I'm, I'm also not even saying that they all have experienced salvation. I, mm-hmm. I, as, I assume, and I can only assume, but but I even often go to retreats and trips and think, I don't know if all of you know Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, so I, I think that all the things that I would say for all students, like okay. in the world, still affect my students. But, mm-hmm. but it's the question of what do you see affecting them the most, mm-hmm. or what do you see as like their biggest hindrance was a little bit different. I, I'll start with um, maybe the whole, of things and then narrow it down more. Perfect. Um, okay. I think subjective truth Hmm. is just the worst. (laughs) It's just the worst. Um, I, uh, I, I think that maybe our world or at least the young people in our world have been for decades, for some reason, craving, to be validated more so mm-hmm. in the feelings or experiences mm-hmm. they have, good or bad. Um, the things I feel or the things that have happened to me or in my life should be important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, Jesus would agree with that, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and yet it's just, it's just gone haywire, you know? It's, and I'm not mm-hmm. surprised because it's the world and Satan has reigned. The prince of the air has reigned right. in so many places and yet God is more powerful and we mm-hmm. cling to that. But I, I see subjective truth ruining the hearts and minds of kids and and we see it play out mostly in in sexuality, right? We see mm-hmm. it play out mostly in 
um, not only sexual orientation, but also gender issues mm -hmm. and, and, um, kids growing up and in, in the world kind of teaching them that every little feeling, every little temptation, um, that you have, every little experience you have needs to define you hmm. rather than every feeling, every temptation, every little or big experience you have is an opportunity for you to put these things before God and before the Bible and before mm -hmm. truth in the midst of community and see God work it out. Oh, I love that. You know? So much truth there. Okay. So what I want to do, Scott, is we're going to kind of go back to that first question. Okay. So when you share an issue, I want to go back to how is a strong family to um, walk alongside their kids on this? Okay. So this mm -hmm. issue of truth yeah. and this issue of um, the, the truth, <laughs> it varies from day mm. to day. And so what is a, a strong Christian family to do with that battle? Um, I, I, most of my opinions are going to come from what my mom and dad did. And maybe that means that I am just not original at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they did really good. And, and I said this at the beginning of our conversation, but one of the things they always did was bringing everything to Jesus, but specifically the question, what would our Lord and Savior say about that? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and not to, to, um, to pick away Jesus from God, you know, bringing everything to sure. God, but, but specifically sure. in light of what I, as a kid know about the new Testament and know about what God's character and what I know mm -hmm. about the things Jesus said and did. Mm -hmm. And I could kind of recite Bible verses here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, my, my mom specifically, but also my dad, <laughs> um, their propensity to just in all things say, what would Jesus say about that? Yeah. What do you think? But I think what's so important about that, Scott, is I, as a parent, have to know what truth is. Oh, if I don't completely. know what parent, if I don't know what truth is, I can't expect my child to do truth because I can't point them back to it. Mm -hmm. So I would add to your characteristics of mm -hmm. a strong family is a mom, a dad knowing who God is. Amen how to love yes. God, how to love others. And so if we're not living it out ourselves, it's no wonder that our kids are confused. Oh, so true, Heidi. I so Can agree. I jump in though? Because Please. I'm thinking about the parents who are new Christians themselves, new believers themselves. Oh, yeah. And so what I hear you say, I'm thinking, I'm this is not like pointing a finger at you, even though I'm actually pointing my finger at you. <laughs> is that, um, you know, that, that would panic me. I would think, well, I don't, I don't know truth. I'm still mm -hmm. learning. So I, I think though what you would kind of pull the thread of that and say is we can do it together. Absolutely. Like let's, that even better. Let's sit down and, and look at God's word. Let's pray together and ask the spirit to give us wisdom and, and mm -hmm. discernment. Um, so I just, as a, as a caveat, that if Absolutely. you are a new believer, like, we're all in this together. And I would say even as a more mature believer, there are times where I sit down with my kids and go, you know, we're going to have to figure this out. Let's get some spiritual wisdom. Let's, let's research this more because no matter where you are on your spiritual walk, there's always those questions hmm. and always that searching and always um, trying to find out the best the best next step. Well, and then we trust, right? I mean, that's where right. trust comes in is we just say, Father, this is what we Amen. know. This is what we think we know. Right. Would you just please, you know, give us um, faith beyond our sight and help us to walk mm. through this together. Mm. 
Yeah. Maybe as like a quick tool for some of those conversations, I think a very um, mature mom and dad who are well-versed in the scriptures Mm -hmm. in conversations with their kids about truth, they might be able to um, help their kids navigate questions based off of the whole narrative of scripture, right? And maybe a, a parent that is maybe even less mature or well-versed in scripture would be able to do the same thing, but with what we know about the character and the life of Jesus, because mm-hmm. that seems to be something Christians get to know sooner. Um, mm-hmm. So a parent who might not know like the Bible super well yet, but right. but knows Jesus and, and the gospel they've said yes to, mm-hmm. that can still be enough in conversations with kids about, okay, well, we know this to be true about the gospel of Jesus. Yes. And maybe even a layer more um, uh, more simple than that or, or more approachable than that for the parent that that maybe doesn't even know God yet, but wants good for their kid or the parent who just has said yes to the Lord and and is wanting to like train their kid up well in truth. Um, again, my dad, my dad was like the, the C.S. Lewis of my family. Um, and he would always just say these like analogies that were so good for me. And, and one time something that he was processing with me actually in regard to a friend of mine in my cell group who was struggling with homosexuality. Um, my dad was asking about, um, creation versus perversion. And he just said, Hey, kind of like in a classroom, um, if a kid's like, can I stand up on my chair? Maybe a teacher might be like, well, if everyone stood up on their chair, would that be okay? Would that help or would that hinder? And the right. kid would say, yeah, that would hinder. Similarly to like this world, you can ask with your kids, okay, well, if we know this world is created by a good God, a good creator, and everything mm-hmm. is either an indicative of his beautiful creation or, or, or things are indicative of Satan in the way he's twisted and lied. Just asking the question, hey, the truth that you're talking about or the questions you're having, let's play it out. What if everyone in the world did that? Mm-hmm. Would that be a better world, a better mm-hmm. creation? Would that be beautiful? Mm-hmm. Or if everyone in the world did what you're talking about, would mm-hmm. that actually hinder mm-hmm. humanity? Would that hinder mm-hmm. our world? That's a good you know? questions. Good questions. I like that. And then going back to your second point of helping kids know who they are. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about at eating, eating Mm, together, that validating of who I see you are. Mm. I was actually having a conversation um, with my younger two just yesterday. And they're like, mom, what do do we bring to the family? What Mm. what are we special with? And I, and I told um, my youngest, I said, bud, you're an encourager. That is something that you do so well. And that is something that's special and unique to our family that you bring. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And so seeing in our children who God created them to be and calling that out. Yeah. Even when it feels kind of awkward, it means the world to a kid, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Yes. That's so true, Heidi. All right. What's another one? Oh, um. But before moving on to oh sure no before moving on to even more uh, more specifically like mm-hmm. students in our fold, mm-hmm. um, this also regards students in our fold too. But I just think anxiety yeah is huge. Um, but that that's a that's a good segue to mm-hmm. narrowing down on students mm-hmm. in our fold because busyness. And I mentioned this earlier. I was like, we'll probably come back to this maybe, right. and here we are coming back to it. Right. Um, I think busyness is the number one thing I really do. And it's not even like a sin in itself because it's not like the things that make people busy are always sinful. 
I guess maybe it's a sin of just um, um, idols, maybe, or or pride or something. It's probably so many things, but I just think busyness right. really affects really affects kids. And I think anxiety is often one of the byproducts of that. Mm-hmm. And it's so, con- you know, you think about how often in scripture we hear, read about a quiet spirit, a quiet mind, mm-hmm. getting quiet, having time away. And, you know, it just feels so contrary mm-hmm. to fill every single second of your day. <sighs> There's no time. How do you hear from God? <laughs> how? I mean, it is so hard for, we talked wow. about this too, having a quiet mm-hmm. time. So how are we setting our kids up to, I don't want to use the word be successful, but to experience God um, if we just continue to cram their day full from sunup to sundown. And then we send them to bed. Oh, I'll get off my sofa. There was a <laughs> dad. This and- is so true, Melly. There was a dad at church this past week who um, is a wonderful dad and cool family. And and he was asking me if I could get in touch with his son who has who is older and older in high school and has kind of started um, drifting further and further away from community and from the church. So I texted his son um, the next day and told him, Hey, let's hang out. And, and um, his response to me was, to be honest, I don't have any time. He laid his schedule out um, and he really was only free all week long before school, which is like before seven or after seven thirty PM when he was done with his final practice slash rehearsal mm-hmm. for the day. And I just sent a screenshot of his text to his dad. And I said, hey, I really want to get in touch with him. What is your advice? It looks like he's crazy busy. How can I actually bless him with time well spent? Um, To hopefully even show his dad, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of reasons that your son is drifting away from community in the church that you might not even realize because they're not directly sinful. You might not realize that his time with the baseball team is the main reason he's walked away from God, not because he hates God or right. not because he started doubting God, just right. because baseball became bigger than God, et cetera, yeah. you know? Okay, I'm going to throw out this idea, and I'm going to let both of you say yay or nay <laughs> on whether you agree with me on this. But I think in parenting, we have a fear of our kids missing out on an opportunity, sure, an opportunity to do amazing things. And so it's this idea that I have to have my kids involved in A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I can keep going because what if that's their gifting and what if I miss it? How do you respond to parents? Yeah. Oh, I have some thoughts, but we should have the other parent in the room answer okay, now first. Now he's finger pointing at me. Now I'm finger pointing. You know, okay, so I have this conversation with my sister a lot that we have walked away from um, being okay with being a generalist. Um, everybody mm. has to be a specialist now. You have to be the best. Mm. And we have, you know, high schoolers ruining their shoulders because they've been pitching mm-hmm. since they were six. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, wrestlers who are having surgery on their necks because they have been doing all three styles of wrestling year round, what used to be a seasonal sport. And so there's that end of the pendulum, right? Where everybody is gunning to be an expert and go pro. And then the other side is, I think kind of what you're saying too, is let's dabble consistently in all the things, um, a, to fill up time because we don't know what to do with our kids. (laughs) I I don't know what to say to you. (laughs) Sure. sure. (laughs) So go do something awesome rather than sit at home. Right. And also like you're saying too, like, how do we, we don't want them miss their thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. how would we be failing as a parent if we 
somehow caused our child to miss their thing. Mm. Um, and so, um, we, the Simpson household is a big fan of, I'm almost in mediocrity, but I'll say <laughs> we are okay with like just coming in in the middle, yeah. um, you know, yeah. participating, having fun. Um, at the gal who does my hair, her student going into seventh grade has been in competitive volleyball so that she could hopefully get a place on the seventh grade team. Hmm. I'm like, what is wow. the rest of her school career going to look like if this right. is what we're doing right. um, for that. So to your point, yes and no. There are kiddos who have, I think, true giftings and passion, and they are driven to do those Absolutely. things. And if it doesn't detract from sure. the meals and the family time sure. and the church. Or great. at least in moderation. Maybe. Yeah, go mm -hmm. for it. Go for mm -hmm. it. Um, but I think mm -hmm. when it becomes an idol to the child or the parent, and that's always a red flag. Hmm. I just went all over the map. No, so, you're good. As, a, as an adult, something that's been really hard for me is hearing, I'm doing air quotes right now, hearing yes. God's voice, hearing his His will, hearing his answer and things. God, what do you want me to do here and show me and tell me because I don't want to mess up. You know, every fork in the road, I'm like, God, 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 God. And as an adult, one thing that I've learned is how much um, God moves Um in the decisions I make. So much of seeing God at work in my life is not is not being able to say, oh, one time he told me to make this choice in the fork in the road and I did it and then it was a good choice. Mm -hmm. But rather I made this decision based off of my desires, based off of my feelings, based off of my judgment. And I've seen God move in light of the decision I made. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's something good to teach kids more is, um, Hey, I want to help you decide the one thing that you like the most. Um, and hey, you might you might decide theater over band. And I know you love playing your trumpet. I know, but if you're saying that you want to do the musicals, maybe a little bit more than you want to do marching band, right. then let's trust that feeling. Let's right. trust the the passion God has given you. Let's see how He moves if you choose to to focus on one desire to honor him or, you know, and then, Oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? The kid right. did the musical and is like, I miss marching band. Okay. Go back, you know? Or, right. But I, but I think what you are laying down there is that we walk alongside them in this process and it's not something that we throw them at 18 years old and go, mm -hmm. now go figure it out. But we start walking alongside even in these young years, even in preschool years of helping them figure out what's the next right thing to do. That's a great phrase. Yes. And I think even to what you were saying before, like clearly the foundation in you was, I know God's will for my life. God's will is to love him and love others. Uh -huh. And in that I am to glorify him above self. So if I choose to do theater, is it for self-glorification or to use my gifts and talents to mm. glorify God? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's that's how you make a choice. Like we mm -hmm. have so muddied the waters wow. that people are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what God's will is. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh -huh. He says it all the time yes. from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> love God, love others. Right. Go, go make other right. people that are yeah, like me. That's good. But how much of parenting you know, you're talking about the big issues that these teens face. How many of them are the teens facing them because we are placing them in this mucky mm. water mm -hmm. because we're making it so much harder than what it is? 
So you can tell from the ending of this episode, Heidi has lobbed a question out there. We have not answered it. So we (laughs) hope that you will stick around for um, part three, where we do get to answer that question and dive even deeper into um, some more issues and um, kind of qualities of these God-centered families. We want to thank you for listening to the Parenting to Impress podcast. Be sure to visit abcjesuslesbian.com and check out the show notes for more information on topics shared in this episode. Please subscribe and share with your friends.